Hi everyone, this week on Conversations with John, we talk about the reasons why we may not always like to speak up in a class setting, and we link this back to the imposter syndrome. We briefly talk about identity and how we assimilate many of the ideals and culture of the organisations that we join as part of our own identities. We then make a short digression and talk about being politically correct, and also question ourselves on the topic of authenticity. We also touch lightly on our experiences of being leaders in the army. We then talk about the competitive pressure we felt in school. We apologise for being all over the place, but hopefully you'll find what we say insightful. Okay, uh, today I want to talk about uh, this general idea of why we, like, we, we fear to speak up. Like, especially like in a Singaporean context. Like, you know how we are always very, very quiet in class, that kind of thing. Okay, so why, why, do, you feel, why, do, you, why do you feel the fear of speaking up? Like, actually, what, what was the context of speaking up? I feel, I feel like in social context, you won't be there. Yeah, at, at least now, right? So I think this is more suited to like a classroom context. Uh. So mm. like, I don't know if you observe, la, but like there's like growing epidemic of like people or students like who don't like to ask questions. I, I don't know. I think in some cases, I'm also one of them. La. Like mm. our education system, right? We are, we are like basically factories, right? That we just need to churn out results. So we, we don't usually like entertain a lot of questions la, that may seem very irrelevant. So mm-hmm. there, there usually is like a high barrier for people to ask questions. La. Yeah, I'm just reading out my first point here. So, so one of the, the side effects is that we implicitly associate like question asking to like incompetence. So let's say la, uh, when we study biology, right? We, yeah, la, we, we tend to assume that we should be knowing all the information like, before class. Or, or that's what my mindset was. La. I assumed that I needed to know everything before I attended class. Eh? And going to class is just to like clarify stuff. So, mm. like, if I had to clarify something, meant that I wouldn't understand something. Uh. I, yeah, I get what I mean. Yeah, I, I knew about this culture, but as yet, I never really, how do I say? Uh, I was always, uh, it was something actively that I told myself that I will always ask questions, even if it's stupid. Maybe it's just my family culture. Uh, like my, my, my mom always asked me to just ask questions. Yeah, yeah, that's good, but maybe if I had a different upbringing. Yeah. No, but as in, I see why it's, as in, it's still an obvious culture. Uh, people in class, I mean, hmm, in class. Oh, you mean class, like, uh, in class, I didn't notice it because I was in, in that class. So, like, people are very chill with each other. Okay, maybe you bring it out of a class context. Maybe, uh, when like lecture, for, right? Lecture, yeah. Yeah, lecture, yeah. I, I also wouldn't ask the question because it's a bit too... Yeah, you see, you get my point, right? Yeah. A bit too paise, yeah. Yeah, it's this paise thing. And this paise comes back to, like, being like being scared of being exposed. Like, you know, you yeah. don't know your stuff good enough. And then, yeah, I agree that, uh, how do I say... I mean, I hear that all, all the Angmaw schools, right? Like, I don't say Angmaw schools, uh, but like overseas, those lectures, like, people are a bit more open to asking like questions, even if it's stupid. So maybe we're not at that scale yet. I remember in school, like, when we, like even lectures, it's always very quiet. Then teacher asks, is there any question? Then no one wants to talk. Uh. Yeah, no one answer, right? So it's just that awkward silence. Yeah, uh. But on the other hand, I don't think it's still that bad. I think people ask. So is that, that you think there's a shift like in the culture now? Shi- yeah, la, there's a shift. La. Like, uh, if, if let's say you ask a stupid question, or at least to me, like, if someone in a lecture asks a stupid question, it's not because, I will, if people laugh, right, it's not because they're laughing at the question, but laughing at just, this guy has the bravery to ask a question. Like, I don't know, like, in the sense, I, I always like, uh, pe- like hearing people ask questions. Like, you know, they always ask the questions that you may be thinking about also. Yeah. Wait, but you had this mindset since, since uh, second one, right? Uh, possibly, la. yeah. But, but how, how do you know that you know everything? Like, if you don't know something, then do you feel very... Well, that's why that's a very, very naive mindset I had. Mm. Or how about, like, maybe because, like, at that point of time, like, secondary school stuff, all the concepts are more or less quite standard, right? 
<laughs> oh yeah lah, yeah lah. Yeah. Don't really it's, it's, most of them is like it's quite surface level lah. So doesn't really need to ask too many questions, you know. But now now it's definitely different lah. Well, I was always a guy that always uh asked a lot of stupid questions. You you get to know the like for me, I always want to know the why. I think that's yeah. what I'm doing, huh? Okay, yeah, but I don't want to like apply a blanket like policy on like asking questions. Like, cause I felt to be more specific, right? Is that I felt pressure to ask smart questions. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, yeah. Your perception is it? Yeah. So like, okay, like, going bringing back to like bio class some shit. Uh, I will ask always like try to construct one of those like deeper thinking questions uh, that he didn't really talk about, you know, in class. Mm. And if there wasn't any of these like things I I thought about, I wouldn't ask anything else uh. I guess to not say counter, I guess to what I say, uh, insight is, I don't know, to me, you only, like, deep questions only come after a few stupid questions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you need to ask those, like, very... <laughs> that's that's why I'll wait for others to ask those stupid questions first. <laughs> yeah, you, oh yeah, that's true, uh, that's true. But what, 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 do you, what do you suppose is the solution? Like, how, how have you changed your perspective? I think it's, it's very hard. Uh. I think more or less comes from, like, confidence, maybe. Being more, like, self-assured that, you know, whatever questions you ask, right, it... Even if it benefits like one person, it is really good enough to be asking it. Lah. And sometimes it's, it's really alright to ask like supposedly surface level questions because maybe a lot of other people are thinking the same ones. Yeah. Okay, a, a bit off topic but somewhat related is I don't really know too much about uh, NUS or NTU medicine, right? but I went for the NTU medicine uh, quote-unquote open days. Then on a surface level, I, I think I prefer if I were to do medicine, I would prefer NTU medicine. You know why? Do you know what their cost structure? Yep. So it's just like the more decentralized kind of thing, right? Yeah, I I don't think they have a lot of lectures like NUS. So they just go straight into discussion. I think it's called discussions. So yep. they, they really so they have like a mini test before the discussion so that the professor knows like what where everyone is, whether they have like actually read their notes. Yeah. Then uh after that they have they start having discussions, like people ask questions, then they keep asking, asking, and it's good. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, so, the concept so is like basically you 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 pre-read and then the point of class is to discuss, right? Yeah. Which I think yeah, is yeah, actually good. I prefer that model also to be yeah, honest. Exactly. Like, what's the point of going <laughs> to lecture when you can literally like, just downloading? Yeah. yeah, just download. I'm pretty sure that university right can just have the let's say the first batch of medical doctors, they have their lectures, and then they just record it, and then the subsequent year just re rewatch that lecture. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you actually. I mean every year we have different some differences, lah, but it won't be that big. Right? Yeah. Right. Uh talking talk about uni, but but as in another point, right, is now I'm just deciding between like over like UK maths or like NUS maths, right? I think one of the main difference I realized is the question of application still. In in reference to this topic, right? People always see like how do you define what is a good question? And more or less, more often than not, it's always whether this uh question is applicable. Like for example, is, is it tested? That kind of thing, right? Okay. Yeah. Or is it like okay, in, in, okay, after a certain after you reach a certain education level, you won't really care whether it's tested or not. Like whether it's like whether is it the truth, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll argue the whether it's tested is quite a surface level question. Or yeah, it? exactly right. Yeah. So I think back to the part of my, my uni decision thing, right, is I realized one difference within the is a systematic quote unquote problem. Because even for like maths, which is a very pure subject, right? Even the NUS math department when they publish when they sh- open days, right? They sh- the first yeah. thing they share is like what careers can you get into? But then for yeah. UK, like the first thing they share you is like, wow, math is so beautiful. It's like it's about the discovering the truths, the patterns and proofs and everything. Yeah, so I think it's quite yeah. different in culture, like. Yeah, it's a culture, la. We are more okay. realistic and pragmatic. Yeah, very. Right yeah, uh, like what you say, what you wrote here, la, about producing results. Wait, so you haven't decided, uh, overseas or? I haven't decided yet, la. Because there's too yeah, many, like, there's too many differences, la. Like for example, 
Dude, you know actually the people that are doing the NUS math department is damn small. You know how many students do pure maths at NUS? Maybe what, 30 plus? Wow. Okay, wait. That's in reference. Plus, like, you, like for for UCL, UCL math, right? It's 200 people. Eh. Yeah, that's then, quite like, a lot. Eh. That's quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NUS only has 18 people doing it. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Okay. Like that's one eight. Is. So like, yeah, this is what I'm deciding now. Like, okay, even though NUS is like a better quote-unquote rank. It's such a small department. It's such a... Oh, NUS is ranked higher. Yeah, it is ranked higher. Huh. Okay, yeah. interesting. So it's then weird. So, like, yeah. so it comes back to whether you care about the rankings or not. <laughs> yeah. And to, to quite a large extent, rankings are very... It's like a random generator. So. Random generator. Because how do they even... Because these ranking companies are all newspaper companies. How do they even know like what... They're not the professors, what? That's why they use a lot of weird metrics. Like, what, research papers? Yeah, and also one, one, one reason like universities are ranked very high is because they are research output. But yep. that doesn't equate to having a good education system. You know what I mean? Yeah, it really doesn't. La. So it shouldn't it really doesn't, trust yeah. it wholesale. Okay, back to the topic. Well, we... Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Okay, so generally, right, I think people have often labelled me as this quiet worker. Closet mugger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, open mugger, but okay, never mind. Uh, Wait, actually, yeah, how, how do you feel about that? Like, what, what have you reflected I, on that? Like, how do you... But being labelled as a closet mugger. Yeah. Like, do you feel motivated? Do you feel discouraged? Or... I was quite ambivalent, ambivalent to that. I don't know. Because uh, I knew that I studied quite hard. La, and I wasn't ashamed of it at the same time. So, yeah, it didn't really affect me much. I don't know. I, I think my mindset is still pretty much the same though. Because... I don't like to, I wouldn't want to like label like my disposition as being not very talkative because when something does interest me, I think I do talk a lot about it. But I still think that, you know, it's, it's nothing wrong to not be so talkative all the time, you know, not being so loud. Mm-hmm. Because from where I'm coming from, right, is that there's nothing wrong if I don't say something. It's not like I'm sad or, yeah, it's like, because I just generally feel I don't have anything to add to the conversation. <laughs> so I don't like to input too much. So, okay, uh, this, this came up quite a lot in uh, CTC because, you know, I was really ORD, right, at that point of time. Yeah. And, yeah, I was an artillery train officer. La, so, and being, the course is primarily infantry-based. Yeah. So, there's not a lot of things that I could have added to a lot of the discussions, which they had a lot. La. There are a lot of discussions, you know. So, like, I don't think, like, I need to give an input just for the sake of doing it because, yeah, there are a lot of other people who who know a lot more than I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking like, actually, you know, at uh, SMU, right, for, like, I heard from one of my friends, you know, at SMU, the business school, right, because there's, it's a bit difficult to just, um, what do I say, grade people based on exams because it's quite pressurizing. So, so, so one of the things they grade people is their class participation. Yeah, class participation. So, and it's damn stupid because, sorry? There was a gradable component in CC also. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, no, I think, I think it's a, it's a very weird game. Yeah, I'm just thinking about game theory now. You know the econs thing? You know, it's not econs, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah it's, the not, it's not econs. It's like some math thing. Like, basically, everything is a game. Like. So like, even though it's a, there's a good uh, initiation of having the question, right? But in the end, people at SMU business, I feel like it becomes very competitive. Okay, I'm not sure if anyone is listening who is at SMU business now, but this is what I hear. Like. I, I hear some people just search up the Google questions. They, they know the answer already. But in order to in, involve themselves, right? And what is it? Speak things that are not very beneficial, but like, just to get out there, they just ask stupid questions that they didn't know answer to, then you just like quote unquote student participation. Then they answer their own questions, yeah. right? I mean, I think you have we have all done it sometimes. Like uh what's it called? I think it's TOK, uh, TOK, TOK presentations. Like I used to see a lot of questions in the crowd so that 
I can answer like according to what I've like memorized and prepared for. Have you not oh, done that? I, I can't remember. But yeah, no, like I can't remember. They, they don't remember. Yeah. People ask you, you just ask your friends, ask you questions, then you just answer. Yep. Yeah, before you do a presentation. Yeah. <laughs> Quite helpful, la, but Okay, well that's different. That one is only like a one one-off case kind of thing. Yeah, but all these uh, class participation things, I feel it's very contrived. Yeah, it's I think it's a good it's a good concept, hard execution. Yep. People just think executed like games. La. It's not, not yeah. very genuine anymore. And it's I don't know how we can change that actually. Yeah. I think it's to come from an individual person. Individual individual change first. La. Okay, yeah. wait, no, but I don't think I answered the question yet though. It's like Last time you 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 feel very you you feel the fear of asking questions, right? But how have you? What's what's your mindset now? Or is it roughly the same? No, yeah, my mindset hasn't really changed. But maybe it's just toned down a little bit, uh. I don't so called fear like asking stupid questions now as much as I did last time. I just generally like trying to adopt a more open policy, lah. Uh. You no, know, like like uh, expressing your streams of consciousness and everything, just thinking out loud, that kind of thing. Yeah. But my general mindset is still, still roughly the same. I, I try to give inputs only when like necessary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, think, I think it's same for me. Like, yeah. I think it ties in with how we are introverts. So of quote unquote introvert extroverts, right? Are you introverted? No, I'm definitely a mix of like, introvert and extrovert. So ambivert. Uh. Yeah, yeah, somewhat. You, it's, it definitely switches more. To, uh, I think it's more, more introverted. Uh, definitely. Oh, okay, okay. No, yeah, so... One of the characteristics of being an introvert right, is you don't really like small talk. And I think that comes from... Go straight to the heart, right? Yeah, that comes from the fact that you don't like to... I mean, same, same like me. La, you don't like to share... I, I feel like conversations, or at least conversations that I, I'm deeply engaged with is, is with things that I, I learn, things, you know, like... When you talk to someone, then you really... You don't have to be learn concrete stuff, la, like what you do in school or whatever, but you can learn like perspectives, learn about like yeah, experiences, that kind of thing. It, it kind of links back to like this uh idea of the the expert, right? Remember? So oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes people feel like if you if you give an input on some things, it means that you must be an expert on that topic. That's I mean, that's what like the narrative like describes it as la. Like old traditional media, you know. If you yeah, are yeah. you know, opinion on something, then yeah, it must mean that you are an expert in something la, in that thing. It's like the news, like, you must always be some, if you're a guy giving an opinion, who's like credited. Yeah, you have to be credentialed. La. Yeah, it's always like, oh, came from NUS, he's a professor there, head of the department. <laughs> like the, the, the Tommy Cole, you know every time the news always come on Tommy Cole. Oh yeah, I wanted to link this back to imposter syndrome. Do you know what this is? Not really. I, I've heard I've heard the Ali always share about it, but I don't really know what is it. But okay, basically, imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which like you someone doubts their talents, skills, or accomplishments. And like, he has this internalized fear, like he'll be exposed as a fraud. Yeah, so- uh, as a fraud? Of, yeah, a fraud lah, like masquerading as something that they're not. Wait, is a, as a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. So that means, what well, I don't understand what that means. What do you mean you don't understand? As in- <laughs> so, so that means, even though you, okay, let's say you're, you have a lot of accomplishments, but you, you feel like you're not sufficient enough to be caught a, or deem as a credible like source or something like that. Yes. Or like or more simply, you don't feel like you deserve the accomplishments you get. Because okay, you can read my legs nine. Because you no know, normally people when they achieve something, right, they always like to attribute it back to themselves, their hard work and everything, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Then uh these uh individuals who have this so-called imposter syndrome, they 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 overwhelmingly like attribute their success or their accomplishments back to luck. 
So they, they don't feel like they deserve this elevated status that their achievements bring them. Okay, personally, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I never encountered that though. I feel like everything that I've done is like somewhat, somewhat deserved slash, okay, I, I mean, yeah, that's, con- that, that's contentious, but as in, but as in, I, I've never felt like any of the achievements that I actually got were undeserved or like lucky, you know what I mean? Because there, I have a lot of achievements that were deserved but didn't get it, you know, you know does it make sense? I mean, I think after going through this universities, uh, like like design process or whatever, I think I realized that a lot of things comes down, yeah, to luck. Yeah, luck has a huge role to play. Yeah, it's, in it's your... actually to be honest, a lot of luck. Whether you know the right information at the right time, uh, yeah, I'm not even like talking about like uh luck in like picking people like in a roster or anything. It's like you can bring this back down to your upbringing. Like that's luck in itself, or so. Yeah, that's true, That's true. But but I think so 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 these people with I mean people who have this. Imposter syndrome feel like they are, I mean, they are the lucky ones, is it? And then they feel like they shouldn't deserve their... Yeah, some, yeah. I wouldn't say all of them suffer from this same reasoning, la, but this is mostly the predominant like reasoning. Wait, but it sounds like a good thing as opposed to like a bad thing. Yeah, it sounds like they are very, uh, what? Humble. Humble, right? But I think it's a bit tipping too much to that side. La. Sometimes yeah. they have to own what they accomplish also. Wait, so, so do you feel like you have this imposter syndrome? Or like, what, what do yeah, you mean? I do, sometimes. From my perspective, you deserve what you get, what? Is it? I mean, yeah, yeah, I do feel that I do deserve, but I think maybe this more comes more from the army side. Oh, like okay, what? so, uh, like, you know, getting the, the sort of merit. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that one was really a huge one for me. Uh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so seriously, right? I, 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 I think I told you this before, but I was never gunning for winning any awards in army. Yeah, okay. And when my superior asked me whether I was working towards winning one of the swords, I just told him, uh, I'm fine winning or not. Yeah, so... Oh, and then they still gave it to you. Yeah, so it was a really huge, huge surprise that they still gave it to me. La. Like, when I was a cadet, right, I was expecting so many others to receive like the, the sword. Yeah, a lot yeah. of my friends like next to me la, felt they were, they were very, very deserving of this award or so. La. But perhaps they saw... I don't know what they saw in me, la, but they, they saw something in me, la, so they decided to give me this award. Oh. And pretty sure people yeah. who are your career friends is saying now be like, oh, this John, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. Actually, no, yeah. I think in terms of army, so I, yeah, I guess I can feel the same way also because in BMT, okay, I didn't win any awards, but in BMT, I didn't really, I didn't really aspire to be like an officer or even a sergeant. I to be honest, I wanted to be like a trooper to just like sky by float. Yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> we went in BMT. Yeah, I think most of us don't really care too much, right? Yeah, but then yeah, so then when they chose, I mean. Eventually, on the posting day, where everyone's waiting for their posting, I was a bit nervous. Uh, but then, then, then I got into uh, yeah, trying to become an officer. But I think, I think that's different. Uh. I, don't, I think in army, not everyone wants to be an officer. So it's not like a very competitive thing, is it? Yeah. Or it may be. It may be uh, to some people. I think because, like, I don't know, some people really, really want it, you know. Especially in a leadership badge. Uh. Even after going through OCS and going through uni, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like it's a big thing. Eh. Like, it's definitely been a... I feel like it's a actually okay, if I just share my opinion about like being a, being a leader in army, I think I think it's a yeah. very it takes up a lot of time, definitely a lot of your time, definitely. But it's a good stepping stone for like leadership in general. I feel in terms of the quote unquote how much glo- like quote unquote glory you have, right? As opposed to the amount of work you have to put in, it's like it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't balance out. It doesn't balance out, <laughs> la. Like, Yeah, yeah, I agree, la. Like like people are like. Only now and then people are like, wow, you're an officer. Like to be honest, I don't really I don't really care <laughs> because yeah, like I don't. I, I don't get a kick. Yeah, I also it. don't get a kick. It's not something yeah. that I really like. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I get a bit annoyed sometimes when people keep on telling me, oh, you're an officer. Then I'm just like, wow, it's not a big thing. 
yeah, usually I, I always resort to playing it down quite a lot. I'm like, oh, it's just it's just a normal thing, yeah. <laughs> or maybe or maybe that is the imposter imposter syndrome. Exactly. In itself also. Yeah, it's hard to convince ourselves that sometimes we deserve this elevated status. So we always just play it down. But, but what's, a bit but what's the solution to this? Like what what can we do about it? I mean like wait, why, why do you want to talk about it actually? I don't know, just just an interesting topic. But, <laughs> but is it like yeah. what, what is the solution? I'm just thinking why is the solution? Is it a problem? If if it's a problem, then what is the solution to it? I don't think the like I think the, the solution is more general. It's just, I don't think it's such a huge problem now to begin with, actually. It's just like a, it's just a way of life, to be honest. But I think one way is to have one, to have a more inward, like centric, like sense of self, you know. So, so you don't try not to base your identity or like who you are based on your accomplishments. La. That's just one thing. That's one way. I was thinking, yeah, because now I'm still deciding on which you need to go, right? But I realize also like, why does it play such a big part in identity and I think even, even Ali has shared about it right? why, why, why do we have such why do we base our identity over such um, organizations I don't know yeah. have, you, have you thought about that because you spend so much time in it and it's quite inevitable to have part of identity like be something about the school and your organizations right but, but okay but, but specifically for school and uni it's quite different like even if you ask a, a 60 year old guy or 80 year old guy who's probably spent a large majority of their time somewhere else in life but maybe they will say they are from they identify from being um I don't know like from ACS or being from like mm. CJC or like whichever school they came from you know you know what I mean and yeah. it's not their identity even though they spend for example even poly poly is like three years only or three or four years many people identify them as being from like for example like MP or like RP or that kind of thing. yeah so time is not really a, the major yeah. factor here or is it because I mean okay, a large a large part of it is because they spend their growing up time there la. The formative years, right? Yeah, the formative years. Uh. I think it, 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 like, it, it's true for any organization you join. Because right now, I still can feel like identify with what being in the S, St. Andrews, or like in AC. It, like your identity like stems from like many, many places. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just comes from like joining something and being part of it and sharing their values. Then it eventually forms a little, a little part of you. But you know, I, I find it's a bit weird. Like... Like even if you compare, even if you compare like uni and 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 uh like secondary school or whatever, or at least what from what I see la, like most people generally don't really identify themselves with their universities. You know what I mean? They identify themselves more with their yeah. you know, but I'm definitely there's a bias perspective. Cause I think yeah. if you don't come you from haven't like, even got to uni. Yeah. yeah no. no, but as in no no, I'm I'm pretty sure most people don't really identify themselves from Really? Okay, I'm not so sure about that. La. Yeah, I think maybe maybe it's the formative part. Okay, at least from what I see, la, like all those people that go to London, right? They won't really say like which uni they go. They just say like, I mean, you know, see those the typical Singaporean going to London. Their Instagram bio is the Singapore flag and then the London flag. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, right. They don't really say like, oh, okay, but okay. Then again, we also don't really say that we come from like which which organization or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it's a bit weird to have an identity in relation to something. Like okay, like if you think of words, right? Words are just references from other words. Uh yeah okay they're like arbitrary la, arbitrary la, but there are some things in life that are definitive like it doesn't need any reference Wait, what do you mean actually what do you mean by words come from other words like like if you ask you what's the meaning of uh like the the the, the concept of having meaning in terms of like speaking of a dictionary or whatever I mean speaking of words you, know, you look at dictionary words are just references from other words right so like the meaning of a journal is just a collection of words uh Okay, I'm just looking at the word journal now, but 
is a scholarly publication containing articles written by researchers, professors, and other experts. So it's in reference to publications. Then you search, what is the meaning of a publication? Well, are you saying that words uh, can only be explained by other words? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, okay. So uh, yeah, I can't, okay, I can't mean yeah, you get what I mean, right? So it's a bit weird oh. that why do we put our identity... Okay, if we put ourselves in, in this same context, why do we uh, contextualize ourselves based on other things? Like, because we don't have to prove that we are a thing of itself. Right? Like, no one is the same. No one is the, yeah, no one is the same. I think, like, first of all, it's very difficult to have... Okay, because uh, all these uh, organizations, schools, however, they are very outward. It's, it's already something well-established, right? So it's easy to have a reference to it. But if you... So our identity like latches onto all these kind of things because it's simply quite easy. La. And of course, a lot of us have our own sense of identity, right? But it's very difficult to put a finger on them sometimes. And it definitely doesn't make our whole identity, la, I would choose to believe. It's just that because these things are really outward appearances, it's very easy to make references to them. So we just put it out there. But I think that's why it's particularly difficult, especially now we're making a podcast which is like publicly heard on, right? It's very difficult to, to say things that are... To make us seem unbiased. For example, we share our identity as being from ACS. Yeah. People already have a notion. Be biased, uh. that's, yeah. a, that's a fact. Yeah, people have preconceived notion of what an ACS boy is or like people who don't know what ACS thing, they'll just be like, okay, at least I okay, can search it out that kind of thing. Yeah, even yeah. the first, even even the previous episode where you just share like, okay, I ask you like who what defines you. It's very difficult to, to share something that is unique. Yeah, it's tough. That's why. Yeah. So should we be PC on this podcast? It's a dilemma being being politically correct now, especially now we're doing this on podcast, right? Whenever we share things, the, the nature of ourselves and the nature of things that interest us and the things we talk about is definitely going to be biased. Like, you will ne- yep. naturally, John, yeah, will be more interested in John, I'm saying John. John, you will be more interested in talking about medicine or like healthcare stuff. Right. I'll be more interested in like yeah. theoretical stuff. That, that's the whole dilemma actually because if when you, it's different, I think mo- both John and I are not very awkward to be honest in like social context but once you talk things like publicly it becomes very difficult because you think about your own personal bias and whenever you say not politically correct things it becomes you you always think about it twice yep and it becomes very difficult to yeah it's just like it's added weight into the conversation then you don't really want to talk properly sort of Mm. right okay like how how okay if you are zoning in on this uh, podcast alone right uh I'm I'm still trying to trying to see it as just a conversation between us. I'm not trying mm. to think about yeah, who yeah, is gonna I, I I'm trying not to have any filters on what I'm trying to say. Hmm. And if I do, maybe it's your job to call me out on it. <laughs> <laughs> and and I should be able to find a reasoning for why I said. I think that should be uh good enough like a uh, lifeboat for us to go on. <laughs> I mean, but I think that's a, that a good value. As long as you have reason for what you say and what you stand for, then, then that's good enough. Uh, yeah. Not saying just reason. La. I think a higher, higher standard would be a good reason. La. A good reason yep. why. Yeah. But then again... But that may not always happen. But, but then again, at the back of my mind, it's always the fear like, okay, because posting this online is going to be a... I mean, you can always delete it, but it's always up there. People can always hear. You, you never know who is hearing our conversation. And maybe even like yeah. employers are hearing our conversation. It's just like, wow, it's damn scary. Yeah, it's possible, that's possible. And you know, but I think yeah. I, I face this problem also in, in, in army where like, I have to be very professional. I don't know. Have you... Yeah, to put this aura of like, oh shit, I'm so professional and I know everything I'm doing and I need to censor like retarded comments that I will normally make. 
No, but I think, yeah, I think back to the, this ties in with my, my quote-unquote uh, perspective about uh, being an officer in the army. I yeah. didn't realize that a lot, of, a lot of things are very, very, uh, not as legit as, you see, as it seems. And not because it's not adequate, but like, because it has to, it has to become professional. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. How do I say? Uh, like only through the, only after being an officer, you realize actually the army isn't really that legit. Is that is it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, and it's not because of the army, just any organization, any organization, like yeah. through the through the public means they say things are very 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 nice to hear. But then once you are the one who are advocating for it, you realize, oh, actually, it's not that great. Hmm. Yeah. As in, like, I think the thing is like, uh, the higher and higher you go up, the more you realize that the things you are doing are not like rules that exist, but it's just what someone has said. Yeah, I think I've heard of a quote recently, but I'm not sure whether it's also politically correct, but the people <laughs> that make the rules don't follow the rules. It's kind of like the same reasoning. Uh. And, you know, yeah, I, 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 I think that ties in, you know, because people with so much power, right, therefore they have a position to talk about things very publicly. Oh, know? yes. Yeah, right. they, and, yeah, whatever I, they say, just like gospel, right? Yeah. Okay, but how, how do you, what, what's your take on this? Like, how, how do you get over this fear of being politically correct? I think it's a bad habit, but I tend not to take extreme sides. I try not to take sides. Hmm. Even though sometimes I inevitably do. I make more general like opinions, you know, that doesn't really favor either side. Yeah. Yeah, but then again, I mean, you agree, right? Like, if you don't make but this kind of, if you don't make this kind of, uh, if you don't choose a side, I mean, not in most cases, like in most like day-to-day kind of cases, it's generally better to just stick on the Stay on the fence, yeah. I guess. I will air on more neutral comments. Yeah, like, but like yeah, that's a bad habit because if I don't make a stand, then I don't have any like. You're not unique. You essentially have a... don't have any opinion, la. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's, it's a point point to take. We need to become more politically incorrect <laughs> 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 on this podcast. Uh, oh, okay, sure, sure. <laughs> Let's not be cancelled for that. Yeah, cancelled. Oh my god, we're not even, we're not even uh, the opposite of cancelled yet. Yeah, we are. <laughs> there's nothing to cancel. <laughs> nothing. There's really nothing to cancel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's great. It's good. That's fine. And sometimes, to be honest, we don't really know who we are also. We are not, we're not, wow, we're not always here. Yeah. <laughs> as in, like, I think I was talking to someone about it, like, about being authentic, you know, whether we actually have an authentic self. Yeah. It's, I don't know, man, it's kind of a myth to have, like, an authentic self because most of the time, who we are is just a reflection of the stories and the narratives that we want to choose for ourselves. So, like, oh, uh, people always tell you, oh, you should just be yourself, but that is quite... It's quite bad advice, actually. Because who is yourself? <laughs> and I think it ties in also to this whole university questions, which is bogging my mind now. Like everything is just a... Yeah, which is what... Yeah, I thought about it. So everything is just a narrative. Okay, but not... Okay, this is just from my perspective. Not, not a, obviously a biased perspective, but not a... Try not to filter too much, like, it's fine. Yeah. As in... So for example, okay, for example, NUS Science, right? To, yeah. to me, it's like a, it's a backup. Okay. Right. Like, it's... it's, it's, it's 
if I can't really uh, get over, go overseas to like, or I don't decide to go overseas, then I'll probably study at NUS for like math and comp science. But okay. to some people, that is like they are, they are studying so hard to get inside already. Yeah, so to them, the narrative is more, they go into NUS comp science, then they will say a lot of good things about, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a, I mean, even such a, like, NUS comp science is quite a up there kind of department. Yeah, it is, it is up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's all just a narrative. It's all, really all just yeah. a narrative. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's not too much I, I also want to talk about this topic, but maybe I'll just share like a few stereotypes of these imposters. So, so we have perfectionists. Then you have natural geniuses, you have soloists, supermen, and experts. So I can kind of, I think you know what perfectionists are. They basically want to be high achievers in everything they do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, natural geniuses, they they feel like they don't need to put in effort to be good. Yeah. Okay. Then soloists, they feel they have to go at it alone. Yeah. Without any help. Superman. Uh. Okay. Actually, I can't really remember what Superman refers to, but let's <laughs> just skip that. Are, is it? Huh? Too ambitious. Oh, good at everything. Good at everything, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah. then lastly, we have experts. So I think we talk about experts quite a lot already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think the more like common stereotypes would be the perfectionists and the experts, right? Don't you think so in a school context also? In your sense. Because a lot of us want to... Okay, I don't know, I can't say for everyone, lah, but I think many of us like to create this image that we are very good at what we do and that we are experts on what we like to study. All this is quite related. Lah. So I mentioned before already about how I always post myself as this expert in bio, <laughs> even though I wasn't, even though I really wasn't an expert, but I, 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 I didn't want to give others the opportunity to doubt that I was good at it, you know? Mm. I don't know, do you, have you felt like you have fallen prey to this, like, mentality before? To try to be the expert? Or- yeah. Okay, I don't think I've, I've done well enough to, for people to ask me questions a lot whenever uh, they have a doubt or something. But I'm also not struggling in a sense. I, I feel like in terms of studying, I'm more like a soloist. Like, yeah. I'm just doing my own thing and then... Yeah, yeah, true. true. But I, 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 love, I love discussions, lah, but whenever I study, it's just like I prefer to study by myself. That kind of thing. Yeah, same, same, same actually. I, I don't like to study in group. For the same reason. Of, okay, yeah. but in terms of feeling like an expert, I, I never really felt that way, but I do feel like I, I need to be better than everyone in a sense. Mm. So whenever I study also, it, it's always like a, it's not something I think about, but it's like subconscious. Like I need to be very competitive. Like what are, what are people doing? Okay, yeah, okay a, a conscious thought at least is that whenever I study, especially doing IB, actually only doing IB, is that um how productive are other people being right now? So I'm just like, okay, they are very productive. Just like, I need to be even more productive. Yeah, you need to match it or I'll do them, right? You need to match it, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the mimetic trap. How <laughs> what? Mimetic trap? Yeah. <laughs> What's it? No, like, you know, a mimetic, like, basically, you trying to copy others. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, that's true. It's trying being, being too competitive. Yeah, and no, it, it really it really upsets my mind. And like, even, yeah, in IB, that was really my mindset. I was thinking like, okay, while well, I'm eating lunch, right? Then I see no one eating lunch like after yeah, I eat. Because, lunch, so. because I mean, everyone yeah, had different yeah, schedules, yeah. La, but no one eating lunch. I'm just like, wow, everyone's studying now. So I go up there and then I go in the library and start studying. Eh? Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> what, was that your mindset as well? Uh, I, I wasn't trying to copy others. La. I, I, think, I think I was more of a soloist at that point of time. I didn't really want to do what others were doing. Oh, okay, okay. Because, I mean... Yeah, you didn't feel the pressure, man. Like you see how people study, then you want to study also. Or I, I definitely do feel the pressure, but I don't think maybe I was giving the pressure to others also. <laughs> I think I was more of the other side. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, but I definitely do feel the pressure. Like there are so many people who study so ridiculously hard, 
Yeah. Yeah, I felt that like I had to match it in some point. Okay, actually, to like, be honest, you know, I know you know, there's a... It's like a... People always talk about it in a negative light, right? Like, oh, you shouldn't be too competitive, that kind of thing. But then again, I also think it's a very good... It's a very good thing, to be honest, on hindsight. Yeah. But then I went with my friend to SMU because she's studying there. Then I just like, uh, read my book there or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I think in, typical, okay. <laughs> but like, the vibe there is... I mean, not there specifically, but I see the vibe in the university as a, compared to just being at home by myself. It's so different. Like, I suddenly feel like the... Not say pressure, but in a good sense, I just want to read. I just want to be productive. You know what I mean? I don't know, I'm just comparing like last time in school right, where I, even if I didn't have like I have for example like four hours of sleep only, I was I'll still feel like an endless supply of energy because of that social <laughs> pressure. But not at home, right? When I'm I don't have like eight hours of sleep, I'll just feel so groggy. <laughs> and I don't want to read or like watch any like educational YouTube videos or anything. So it's a bit strange. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah like, in a sense, I think, I think it's good. Is if you if you can balance that uh that pressure, right, actually it's good. I mean, yeah, and there definitely merits to like buying in you know, this whole competitive culture. Because okay, I'm gonna say this like this term again, like heuristics, right? Like basically being competitive and copying what others are doing is a good heuristic because it genuinely works. It helps yeah, us yeah. to be productive, lah, is what you mentioned, or it helps us to get to a certain point where we are more qualified in a sense. Lah. But yeah. this is also very dangerous lah, because if we are basically copying others just for the sake of like getting credentials or whatever doing well in school then you may be led on to do things that you don't really like because by copying you don't you don't ask yourself whether you actually like the thing you're doing <laughs> this is a very direct question but do you feel like you're copying anyone studying medicine <laughs> I think studying medicine is quite a typical like success route the kind of thing right so I wouldn't I wouldn't call it as a copying la, but definitely paid some element to it because it's like now it's not like some overly glamorized path you know, but it definitely isn't. So I am just trying to find out more every day about how this this profession, like what it really means. Because like I'm sure you heard all those many many stories of people like quitting the profession because they literally just copied others and thought it was a good route, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I never really felt very in awe of doctors. Oh, I probably get a lot of hate on this, but but I don't know why. Why do you feel like it's something that you are inspired by? I don't know because you are you are like at the first hand of dealing with, I don't know, man, the, the, the very lofty topic of the preservation of life. <laughs> I won't say indirectly in control, but at least you have some part to play in like helping others. Like that one, one defining aspect of uh, doing medicine is like the, like the immensely tight like feedback loops. So let's say you are able to help someone successfully, right? You immediately get this uh, sort of uh, satisfaction like, once you've done it, right? Oof. I feel like down the down the road in the years to come when you're done with your surgery, <laughs> then it's like a super long process. <laughs> then you regret yeah, what you just said. <laughs> As in, yeah, la, I guess it's a feedback loop, but I mean, you can do that with engineering as well. Mm, okay, but say it's not so direct, la, not so immediate. Okay, actually, right, what exactly is engineering? <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. I don't like, know. what do they do? So, what, you study concepts about like, physics or whatever, then you... Actually, yeah, that's why I also don't know. Because, okay, the one thing that I, I've been reading out on is all the modules, right? And I realized a lot of engineering people do a lot of math modules as well. Oh, yeah. So, like, maybe out of the four modules they're doing, maybe, like, three modules is math. And then one module is, like, the engineering thing. I, I'm not sure, like, as in, this is just very, very generic.
Okay, maybe I share about the the film I watched. You know, you know, so. Oh yeah, yeah. What, what, what? I, I haven't watched it. Is it very good? I, I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh. It's a typical feel good uh, Disney show. Oh. Yeah. What was it about? But it's it's quite deep sometimes. Okay, so basically it's about this uh, it's this musician who has like finally secured this uh this gig to perform with this famous other musician lah. Okay, then uh on his way to go and perform, he he dropped into a pothole and he died. What? <laughs> he dropped into <laughs> a pothole and died. Oh, he got hit by a car. I can't remember exactly, but okay, okay. Yeah. Then he goes into this uh, realm, which is like some quantum realm. No, not quantum realm, but like, basically... It sounds damn chim for Chinese, uh, not Chinese, for children, children's <laughs> like, movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot more deep like, than I thought it would be. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, uh, he goes into this uh, Disney's, Disney's version of their heaven and hell. Then uh, okay. uh, he basically tries to escape back to Earth. Yeah. How? Oh, but that's I a movie. Yeah, it's just a movie. La. That's the that's an option. La. So, so, so Oh yeah, sorry. That's just yeah, it. so in that in that version of Heaven and Hell, he goes back to the great there's something called the Great uh, Before, which is basically when all the the dead people, right, all their souls, they go and mentor these like young, impressionable, small little, like newborn souls. Uh. <laughs> and they, they go and uh I, I wouldn't say teach them, but they will expose them to some uh some things of the world and help them find their spark, whatever that means. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then once they have found this spark, one they have, once they have found this spark, they, they earn a pass to go to Earth. <laughs> also, there's a bit like consciousness. So it's like the old people, is the old, is the dead souls, Hoto, like hand over, take over to the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Hoto. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, in this process, uh, this guy he meets this other young soul, and this it's called Twenty Two lah. Then uh, this this soul doesn't really want to go to Earth lah, cause she I don't know, she just naturally very dismissive about this whole Earth experience. Like she 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 enjoys it in the very in the other realm. <laughs> okay okay. Yeah, doesn't want to go to Earth lah. But then. The, the jazz player, the musician guy, he, he wants to earn this pass for the 22 and he wants to take this pass for him to go back oh, okay, for okay. himself. Yeah. Uh, essentially, it's quite, it's quite a long story, but they managed to go back to Earth. Oh, and, what a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not going to watch it, are you? But okay, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe after you share now. They, okay, they managed to find this loophole where they both could uh, escape to Earth. But the thing is, uh, when they came back to Earth, uh, the musician was in the hospital bed and there was a cat on his lap. So when they jumped back into Earth, the musician fell into the cat and 22 fell into the guy's body. So they switched. Oh, shit. So initially, 22 was a cat. Initially, 22 was nothing. He was just a soul. But his name is 22. No, the musician is just uh, it's Joe. No, it's in the, there's a guy named 22. Yep. That's the what, soul. La. What the hell? Like soul number 22, you know? Oh, okay, okay. Soul number, okay. Yeah. Oh, so normal? now soul number 22 is now Joe Gardner, the, the musician in real life. Okay. <laughs> and now Joe is the cat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it's quite interesting. Like, so he, he like, 
the cat brings this new Soul 22 around Earth and experience life for a few, like, for one day, I think. And, like, yeah, it just it just shows, like, how... Like, she was... 22 was basically, like, very delighted with very, very uh, regular instances. And, like... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, she was so excited about eating, like, one slice of pizza or, like, just observing how, like... Like, like beautiful scenes are, like, walking on the street that kind of thing, seeing people basking, like, everything, yeah. Wow. It's very deep for, for a children's movie. It is, yeah, so you should go and watch it. Yeah, but yeah, I'll... basically the message is like, uh, yeah, like, we should you know, live for the big things, but we also live for the small things. Uh. So that concludes this week's episode. Um, yeah, our convos tend to get very messy, so I tried using the interlude music to tie up those loose convos. We're still trying to figure out this whole thing out, but um, we do hope that you've learned maybe a thing or two during this podcast. If you have any feedback, email us at convos.with.john at gmail.com. Cheers.